Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. To start today's episode, I would like you to look around and pick out three human-made items. Now, if you're like Dr. Rhoda and I, perhaps it's your cell phone. Or certainly for me, or for both of us today, it's coffee. All of those human-made items began with a thought. And when we talk about awareness and understanding of how one thinks, uh, we use the word metacognition. The great thing today is Dr. Rhoda is going to take that term metacognition and explain it in a really meaningful way that I can and certainly you can take that knowledge and go with it. So I'd like to start uh, with asking Dr. Rhoda, Dr. Rhoda, what are some of the things that you're, you're grateful or thankful for? Yeah, so when I, I think of the things in my life that are tremendous blessings, you know, the home I live in. Now, this isn't people, but things, things that have been thought up, right? The home I live in, the car that I drive, the phone that allows me to communicate with people literally around the world, um, all the technology, all of those things have come about because of a thought, Someone had an idea. And now granted, uh, for instance, my iPhone here, I doubt Steve Jobs thought of this right off the bat. This was after many iterations, much, much thinking went into this from many, many, many people. But it all began with a thought. I think other than my faith and my loved ones, the people in my life and my dog, (laughs) my mind is the next thing that I am the most grateful for. I mean, that ability to think, our mind thinking, it's the root of all action, every action that's taken begins with a thought. That thinking is the root. So if I have one mission in life, Professor Marty, besides celebrating my Savior and what he's done for me, it's to help people understand how their minds work. So here we go. 2 Corinthians 5.10 tells us to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. When I used to read this, I used to think, hmm, wishful thinking, <laughs> no pun intended. Well, right, right. Pun, pun was intended. Uh, but the God who created your mind is telling you to do it. And as I learn more and more about how my mind works, how the mind works, I've learned that it really is possible. You can take every thought captive. You and I have 86 billion neurons in our brain, give or take a couple billion. And a neuron is a fancy word for a brain cell. And this is going to be a super simplistic explanation. But each time a thought transpires, two of those neurons make a connection or what we call synapse. The first time we think a thought, the connection takes a little bit of while, takes a little while. It's slow. It's a weak connection. But the more we think that thought, the stronger and quicker the connection gets. Neuroscientists are often known of saying the neurons that fire together wire together. So the more something fires, the more it wires. I like to think of it like this. When I take my dog for walks along the lake in the morning, I see a lot of wildlife. And we have one little fox that will sometimes peek out of the bushes and tell us good morning. And there's a trail running through the grass toward those bushes that over the years, it's been about three or four years now, over the years has become easier and easier to spot. At first it was just just grass, but as he or she passed over it time and time again, the grass was beaten down and it became, now it's very solid, a very obvious trail. And now other wildlife seem to walk along that trail as well, and it's become a significant path. So due to use, the path became more and more solid. 
That's what happens in our brains when we think a thought over and over again. It becomes more solid. It becomes a solid path. We call this automaticity. Something becomes automatic. So would that explain why um, driving home last night, I got in the car and started heading home uh, and completely forgot I was supposed to pick up one of my kids at high school? <laughs> automaticity in the car on the way home? That is it. That is it. Or even this. Think about when you first started learning how to drive a car, Professor Marty. You probably really had to think about it. Like, you know, foot on the brake, start the car, put it in gear. And now we get in the car and sometimes we're like... Did I ever start the car? Did I ever put the keys in the ignition? It becomes so automatic. You just do it so many times you don't have to think about it anymore. And I just have to put this out there. Uh, sorry, son, but uh, uh, someday you will have automaticity when it comes to driving. But I'm reminded, based on your experience in a parking lot, that you're not quite there yet. <laughs> if you've ever moved houses have you within the same town. Yes. Um, you know, I've heard of friends who have they've driven like the first couple of nights in their house. They're driving home from work. They just drive to the old house. All of a sudden, they're sitting in the driveway like, hmm, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. Nice. <laughs> so that's that's automaticity. Okay. We've done something over and over and over again. It becomes automatic. We no longer need to think about it. Eventually, you think it enough times, it's just become that way. So if I were to ask you the sum of two plus two, it wouldn't take much thought on your part. It's become automatic. But when you were in first grade, you had to really think about it. Mm -hmm. As you thought about it time and time and time again, that neural pathway became like that beaten down path from the fox. And it's just an obvious pathway now. And it doesn't even take any effort to see it anymore. If you've ever learned a musical instrument, you know how when you're first learning how to read music, it's every good boy does fine. Okay, so yes. that's, that's a D. Here's the D. And you have to think about it. And after you've done that time and time and time again, you just look at it and you read it. When you're first learning how to read, you really have to think that's an A. A makes the A sound. You don't have to think about it anymore. It just becomes automatic. If you've learned a foreign language, right? In the beginning, you're really having... It's one of the reasons why immersion is so important in a foreign language. When you just go and you're immersed in that language, in the society, in the culture, you're hearing it, you're trying to speak it, the more you're exposed to it. Learning something new, there's, there's no mystery about it. You just have to do more of it. And the more you do of it, the more you dribble a basketball, the more you can get to where you don't have to watch yourself dribble a basketball, right? The more you shoot, a, all those things, they just... That's how our brains work. So God has given us this wonderful gift in our brains called neuroplasticity. Our brains are moldable. They're malleable. They change every day. The brain you're going to go to sleep with tonight is not going to be the same brain you woke up with this morning. It's going to change physiologically, structurally change based on the experiences you have today, the things you learn, the observations you make. So when scripture tells us to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, going back to that, there's not a lot in life that you and I have complete control over. In fact, there's very little. But we do have complete control over the thoughts we allow to linger in our mind. No one can make you think a thought. When you're teaching a student and that student is daydreaming, I cannot make him or her focus, right? I can do what I can, everything I can to be engaging, to make it relevant, to try to capture their attention. But really, truly, if they want in their mind to be on a little mini vacation and thinking about something else, they're going to be there. They can do that. I can't control what anyone does in their mind. A prisoner of war in a prison camp. Like his body may be imprisoned and limited as to what he can do or where he can go, but his mind can think any thought it wants. Someone in solitary confinement, their mind can do anything they want. And I think in this age where at times we don't like accountability, mm -hmm. this really resonates. We do have control of 
our thoughts, that Ab we're accountable. Absolutely. No one else is making you think what you think. They can influence you. They can try to motivate you, but it truly is up to you. You have auto complete autonomy in this area. Only you get to decide what is truly what you want to think. You have complete control over the thoughts you allow to linger in your mind. Now, as a Christian, I believe there is temptation. Jesus was tempted. Martin Luther one time said when he was talking about temptation, he says, I can't stop the birds from flying over my head, but I can stop them from making a nest in my hair. So there may be thoughts that pass through your mind that don't serve you well, that aren't good thoughts, they're not pleasing thoughts. You can kick them to the curb. Mm -hmm. You can get, you don't have to hold on to those thoughts. You have control over that. So uh, in fact, in Philippians 48, it tells us, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And it goes on to say a few words later, and the God of peace will be with you. Isn't that awesome? I, just, I love that passage. And, and is it it's something, you know, in this age where we're talking about the brain and how unbelievably fascinating it is, mm -hmm. oftentimes we're so focused on published books that are out there when in reality, the book mm -hmm. gives us so many clues as to how we should live, how our brains work, and how to put things in context. The framework it yeah. is there. I chuckle every time I notice how science is catching up with God's word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> with scripture. Really Eventually it gets there. <laughs> so here is why this is really important. Okay, so we get to we get to choose what we want to think. We have a choice over that. If a thought isn't serving us well, we don't have to hold on to it. Our thoughts lead to our actions. Let me say that again. Our thoughts lead to our actions. Here's how God designed us to work. We have a thought. That thought leads to an emotion, and that emotion triggers our actions every time. That's how it works. It's just, we know this. Mm -hmm. So thoughts lead to emotions or feelings, and those feelings trigger our actions. Every emotion you have ever felt in your entire life began with a thought. You cannot have an emotion without first thinking a thought. So let's play this out. You're feeling overwhelmed. So when you're feeling overwhelmed, what are you oftentimes thinking? Oh, I have so much to do. How am I ever going to get this all done? My wheels are spinning. Yep. Uh, you're thinking so much about one thing and then, oh, I got to think about that too. And you just start feeling overwhelmed. You know, that's a thought. Everybody gets 24 hours in the day. Everybody who's ever lived gets 24 hours in the day. You get to decide how you want to choose your 24 hours. If you have more on your plate than you can do, that's a choice you have made. You can narrow some things down or you can say, you know what, this is doable. I just have to make my list, prioritize them, start knocking them out one at a time. We've talked a little bit about tools that can help you do that sort of thing on this show before. Overwhelmed is a choice. There are people in your exact same circumstance that aren't feeling overwhelmed. I think that's really key that other people are also experiencing what uh, we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when we're at those points in our lives, we, we have the tendency to think mm -hmm. I'm the only one <laughs> and in yeah. reality, absolutely not. Right, right. And so other people are experiencing and not feeling overwhelmed because of how they're thinking. So how can I change my thought process? Instead of feeling I have so much to do, I can say, you know what? I don't have so much I have to do. I have all these wonderful things I get to do. These are beautiful opportunities, things that I love. I have 24 hours in the day. Let me figure out how to manage this. This is all very doable and I can enjoy doing it. That thought process is going to lead me away from feeling overwhelmed, right? Let's think about this with angry. You're feeling angry with someone. What is the thought that's triggering that emotion? So maybe... Um, 
somebody said something that hurts your feelings and you're feeling angry. How else can you think about that? They might not have even intended it as you took it. Or maybe they did, and you know what? That's their issue, right? And that all leads into, and we don't have time for it, but the prefrontal cortex, emotions, and really just taking taking a step back and, and, and thinking about there you go. Thinking, thinking about, about thinking, metacognition. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Absolutely. So just a couple more examples here. So how come sometimes we're really patient with the student, and other times we're not? It's what we're thinking about that student that allows us to feel patience for them or not. Right. Our emotions begin with a thought, but it doesn't stop there. Our emotions trigger our actions. You know how before a basketball game they play loud music to pump pump up the team. Mm -hmm. Music is one of the best instruments to, boy, another good pun. Hadn't even realized that. (laughs) Music is one of the best instruments. I miss that. (laughs) To influence. (laughs) (laughs) Music's one of the best instruments we have to influence emotion. The music and what we're thinking about makes us feel confident and strong and unstoppable. And we go out and play strong and fast. I have a fun little activity I do with my traditional undergrads in educational psychology. Uh, I'll just compile a a playlist of songs. And I go from ACDC to country, to classical music, to pop, to dance music, to piano, thoughtful, reflective, to Christian music. And I just play like 15, 20 snippets, seconds of a song. And I say, write down the emotion that you're feeling as I play the song. And in that two to three minutes time, as I take them through this different music, they have felt jazzed, excited, sad, bored, lonely, contemplative, reflective, within like a two minute time span because of the music that was played. Music can help us manipulate emotions. And what it is, is it because it manipulates our music, gets us thinking Mm -hmm. different things, right? So the thoughts lead to the emotions which trigger our actions. If you like how you're feeling, what are you thinking? Keep doing that. If you don't like how you're feeling, what are you thinking? And how can you think differently? Now, the final step is action, Professor Marty. If you don't like something you're doing, what are you thinking? One of the best examples I can think about to illustrate this is the zipper merge in traffic. And and if you live in this area, uh, (laughs) Milwaukee, you know that the zipper merge uh, has been in existence for years and years and years and years and years. And it still causes road rage. (laughs) (laughs) so you know what i'm talking about here that's where they're narrowing down the freeway or a street from like three lanes down to two lanes and we're supposed to zipper merge and that is so what they say uh, engineers tell us that who have studied this say you keep going in your lane right until it closes and then when the lane narrows down that's when cars alternately take turns and they zipper into one lane right they merge like a zipper into one lane some people get really upset over this, right? And, and, and I have to be honest because uh, Dr. Rhoda shared kind of the an overview of the, this podcast earlier. And on my way home yesterday, yes, a car was flying past me on the right side and it was zipper merge. And my initial thought was, oh, what a jerk. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second here. Okay, like what can I learn from this? So I, I think the zipper merge analogy... It, really made me accountable because I'm like, oh. We're like, man, that person's going to get ahead of me. I've been sitting here in line and they're just going to zip right on up there and zip on in. That's not fair. So you can think about it that way and you can sit in traffic and be annoyed. And is that going to get you to your destination any sooner? It's absolutely not. Is that person who just zipped on by you and is zipping up ahead, are they affected by it? 
Absolutely not. You're sitting there being upset, which then you get home, you're grumpy, you're short with your wife. You know, these things lead, our thoughts lead to actions. And so if we're annoyed and angry, it leads to those types of actions. If you say, you know what? He's not taking the road with him. She's not taking, I still have plenty of life will be okay. I haven't been in an accident. They can get on up there. A few people can go ahead of me. They don't take the road with them. Everything's going to be okay. What's the saying? Being angry or resentful to somebody is like you drinking Drano and hoping they get sick. Okay. <laughs> like, like he has moved on. I have it, not heard that one, but that, <laughs> yikes. And road rage really is that way, right? You're getting all upset and angry over something and they don't even realize they cut you off or are being mm -hmm. seemingly rude. So people can either be okay with this or they can get really angry and it all stems from what they are thinking. So they tell you that if you're planning to start a routine at the gym, to set aside time on your calendar, lay out your shoes, your workout clothes the night before, but you need to change the way you think about it or it's not going to last very long. If you're not feeling positive emotions about going to the gym, it's probably going to be short-lived. I'm telling this to myself. I keep trying to change how I think about it, right? I really enjoy when I go, but I don't enjoy it thinking about it prior, just right? Just that right. Right. Grading papers. I've got a stack of papers to grade. I can either say, man alive, I've got this stack of papers to grade. I'm so sick of grading. I can't wait. Or I can, you know, brew a nice pot of coffee, sit down with some nice music on, enjoy learning from my students and what they're sharing with me. How I think about it is going to make all the difference in the world. And if you're an educator right now, chances are you are dealing with this issue right now. In fact, it's that time of the yes, year. Yes, <laughs> it is that time of the year. Uh, and I, I, I've uh, certainly played out all of those with complaining about grades, woe is me, uh, getting more coffee, telling the librarian, telling my colleagues. Uh, yeah, you just have to get it done. And okay, we know we have to get it done. So mm -hmm. the thought process again. How do you approach it? And it's fine once you're in uh, the mode. Jump in and get going. Yep. And try to figure out a way to enjoy it. Remember when we talked about procrastination and I said procrastination is just prolonging the discomfort, right? You know you've got to grade those papers. So just get into a mindset where you can sit down and enjoy. There are people who are getting to go earn their money. They have to go clean sewers. Yep. <laughs> right? I mean, find something to be grateful for and jump into it. So, and I just think this is so very powerful to understand how our minds work. I just so long for people to understand this because I think it can make such a difference in the quality of our life and in our interactions and relationships with other people. In school, we teach about math and history and science, but we don't teach young people how their brain works, at least not effectively. You know, we should, we should be leaving school understanding this. That's one of my goals is to try to figure out a curriculum for this. That automat automaticity, this is how memorization works. There is no shortcut for learning new information information. You have to spend time in the information thinking about it. And as you do this, those neurons will wire together and you're going to memorize it. It's going to become a solid neural pathway. And, and so listeners, yeah, we would certainly value your ideas moving forward because this is absolutely essential. Yeah, we know standards drive instruction. We, we've got this content thing down. Mm -hmm. But I, I think when Dr. Rhoda says, you know, we don't teach students how their brain works, we really do an awful job addressing the topic. And that's because we've not been taught. Right. So here we go, right? We so, know this. And so now so I'm going to have to start thinking. <laughs> Why haven't we been... Yes, okay. Sorry, sorry to tell you that. Yeah. Sorry to be the one to well, break the that really news. came out. I need to start thinking. <laughs> Maybe so, we yeah. want to cut that section of this. Maybe not. <laughs> I do the editing. We'll see what we do. <laughs> so we've got... Um, 
Memorization, we can teach them how memorization works. We can teach them that every action and emotion begins with a thought, that they have control over what they thought, think, take every thought captive, make it obedient, whatever's good, whatever's noble, whatever's pure, whatever's praiseworthy, whatever's excellent. Think about those things. That's where peace comes from. If a thought's not serving you well, kick it to the curb. Get a new thought. They are free. And I could go on and on and on. I get so excited about this topic. Um, I'm sure it's going to come up again in future podcasts, but I just kind of want to leave you with another. Sometimes we get really caught up and here I'm talking to both teachers and parents. I think this time of the year, we're coming off in the Midwest here, a long winter and people are tired and it's been really gray and it's the end of a school year. And I just want to encourage you, um, just a little closing thought. A friend just shared with me that I just, I got chills when he shared it. Jesus has done all the hard work, right? And now our life is to be a fragrant offering. Fragrant. Like that's perfume. Like that's fun stuff. Like that's not work. That's pleasant. That's joy. Go out and figure out how to adjust our thoughts so that our life can be a fragrant offering as we do the things we love to do. Our goal in Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are five takeaways from today's episode. Number one, as you look around you, note all the human-made items began with a thought. Number two, really powerful, contemplate and think about 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Number three, uh, marvel at how the Lord made your brain. Uh, this term neuroplasticity, uh, meaning our brains are moldable, keep that in mind uh, as you approach your life. Your brain tomorrow will literally be different than your brain is right now. Number four, okay, here's the reality of it. If you don't like something you're doing, ask yourself the question, what are you thinking? Because thinking produces emotions, which produces actions. And, and number five, uh, you all can help us out here. You know, in school, we teach about math and history and science and parents at home, you show the marvels of God's creation and many things that you do and model. Uh, how can we do a better job teaching students how their brain works? So make that one of your actionable items. Uh, attempt to have that conversation get started. Thanks for listening to this episode. And as a reminder, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, we would encourage you to take a look at it. Uh, if you like it, keep it. And if you don't, unsubscribe. The goal is to give you a little bit of a preview of what the episode is about to get your interest and also to continue the discussion, be it an administrator, be it a, a teacher or, or be it a parent. So check it out, it's on the website. Uh, click on newsletter, first name, last name, email. That's all we ask. Uh, thanks for considering. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.